Hello and welcome to the Bracken Outdoors podcast, the podcast where we deconstruct the skills, attitudes and knowledge you need to build a living in the great outdoors. So I've got another solo show for you today here in September and we'll talk a little bit about the value of bushcraft skills for forest school leaders. So this is something that's been bouncing around in my head for some time. Uh, I think the forest school course as it is, so the level three that you take to get you started in forest school, is is a a good kind of entry-level course. It kind of introduces you to a wide variety of different skills, different bits of knowledge, particularly around child-led learning, so on, introduces you to the whole framework that forest school is and it's it's clearly designed as just that an introduction with the idea that first of all you go away and once you've done your introductory weeks you go away and you complete your portfolio and then that will you gain more knowledge and you explore more through that there's certain things that you need to meet certain criteria and then you move on from that and you then you are out into the wide world as a qualified level three practitioner and the idea is that you then continue to learn and continue to grow, continue to develop. But something that I've seen in forest schools is that a lot of forest school leaders never feel able to make fully make that jump into really using a lot of the bushcraft skills they might do a little bit with fire lighting bits and pieces toast some marshmallows they might do a little bit of um, knot tying they might do a bit of knife work the children are very lucky but in general the, it seems very focused around just the crafts and just the play which is i mean that those are I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, with either of those things, with crafts and play. I think they are extremely valuable parts of child development, particularly in early childhood and onwards, the ability to be able to play and to be creative and to follow their curiosity and to really let the outdoors and the woodlands teach them is essential. I think that I've always said that forest school is a great antidote to all of the the problems in the school system all of the things that we talk about that there's just very little child-centered learning there's very little engagement there's a lot of judgment there's a lot of um, didactic teaching and so on whereas forest schools is supposed to be freer more child-led so on but I think when you're using an outdoor space and we're using a woodland leader, we work as a woodland leader, there are certain things that you are missing out on if you don't have, if you don't kind of build that skill set in bushcraft. And for for the purposes of this this chat here, I'm going to say bushcraft is the using of more traditional skills and resources in interacting with the woodlands and 
I think, yeah, they, they really have value. And I'm a bit biased here. I come from a background of bushcraft. I, I almost simultaneously got into teaching and bushcraft at the same time. But my real drive through all of this, my personal development has been very much centered around bushcraft because that's what I love to do. And I think also that it's, it's me bringing in a more unique approach to bushcraft because there's there's a big there's a big movement to kind of bring um, more women into bushcraft and everything else and I think there, there needs to be a movement the other way and bringing men into forest school because forest school is is very much uh, female dominated and that's not saying there's anything wrong with that but children in general will benefit more from having a balance of people that they meet in their life and as we get into later on there are definite advantages to having these skills or being a man in certain situations being a woman in others there's there's different things to take on in different places so number one the number one thing that i think you can that number one reason why I think you should introduce f more bushcraft skills into your sessions is the ability to take learning further. So there's, there's a couple of components to this. So at a basic level, let's say you go on a walk through a park. Okay, if pretend you know nothing about plants, about anything, about nature, you just take your walk from your plants. You see greenery on your left, you see greenery on your right. You're just walking. You're probably more concerned about your destination and maybe maybe appreciating that it's natural. It feels good because we, we, we know that, that nature has, just looking at nature has elements of well-being and improves our health, improves our mental health and everything else. We know that. But yeah, you're just walking through and you go, okay, yeah, nice trees. Okay, onwards. I've got places to go, things to do, people to see. Correct. Then, now this is something we talk about pretty often in, in interviews. Most people get into like something like foraging. It can be really, really simple. Like go forage some blackberries, go forage some elderberries. They're both just coming into the end of the season now. There's things like wood sorrel, there's all sorts. And suddenly you have another layer of depth to your learning there. You are no longer just walking through the woods, you're walking through a corridor of foraging opportunities. At a very basic level, you can do what, what I do most often. So I'm a snack forager. I'm not really into making forage preparations and using it in cooking and everything else. I just like seeing something on my way past and going, oh, I'll have a munch of that. I'll grab a bit of sorrel, I'll pick a blackberry, I'll, I'll just wander through and I'll grab a little bit here, grab a little bit there and just munch on it as I go. I don't, I'm not a salad person. I'm unashamedly happier with a nice steak or in some proper vegetables. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm just a picking forager. But 
that's there's another layer of depth that I don't tend to interact with. It's okay. Well, what if I took these home and made, if I dried this particular leaf? Like, I have actually been experimenting a bit. So, I've, I've got some rose bay willow herbs, I, leaves. I heard they can be fermented. So, I've fermented them, I've dried them. Now, I'm going to see what they're like in a tea. You can make, like, rose hip syrup. You can make elderberry, uh, elderflower champagne. There's all sorts of things you can do with forage goods that goes beyond just munching them on the spot and I would say that gives you more depth you you are interacting more fully with it you start looking out for it seasons when you pull that bottle or jar or whatever out of your fridge or cupboard or wherever and you just and you sample a bit of that and you takes you back to the time when you first picked it and that season where everything was vibrant and green and now it's the middle of winter and everything's cold and wet. That's that's really nice. It's a really nice feeling. As a depth, you're learning more, you're interacting more. As we've said multiple times before, as you add depth, you add more you've you increase the benefits. Whether it's the mental benefits, the physical benefits, as soon as you create increase depth, you get improvements in all of it. So, forest school as it normally is, if you're just focusing on, okay, a kind of a very shallow skill level, you're only just skimming the surface of what you can achieve because it's it's moving from okay, well we're going to make a, a shelter with string and I brought in this the string and we're going to tie it up with it, to hey, can we make string from what we can find here? Can we use those nettles, those brambles, that lime, whatever? Can we use that to make string? Yeah, that's that will add a whole new level that people, that children can then go to, that people can learn. So we're adding depth. Another way we can add kind of depth to the learning, or use it to move learning further is by motivating those who might not be as interested in the other skills. So we want we want forest school to be inclusive. That's that's a big thing and it should be a big thing. Forest school is about including people and about valuing the individual. If you have a very one-dimensional skill set and I'll admit I need to work a whole lot on singing and stories and crafts and all of that because there's children that I meet that will benefit from that. And I think it's much more important if you are the only forest school or outdoor instructor they have access to. Because a lot of the homemakers I work with, they can go to different sessions at different times of the week and they can get that balance. But if you're only... Um, if your only ability to access forest school is through the school and you get that one one day a week and it's always something that doesn't quite hit what you really want to do then you're, you're missing out you're missing out on some engagement there with that particular child those children and it's by building bushcraft skills you can then 
begin to include more children and you can also start working up age ranges. Most forest schools are built around early years or very young children. This is mainly because the national curriculum for schools or whatever allows for a certain amount of leeway or a certain amount of play. It's actually in the curriculum that children should play and be experiencing and they should be out and doing. It's only later on when most of the requirements are can you do the maths, English, science, all based in the classroom or based on academic work that it becomes a lot harder for schools to justify this. And it is as well, because if you if what you're doing is basically just taking an art session outdoors, then well, yeah, that's that's okay. But if you really want a school to set aside time, you need to be able to engage ch- children that are older and you need to be able to push them even further, be able to build more into it. And a great way to do that is those bushcraft skills because you, you start learning about the natural environment. You start thinking about the physical aspects of it. You start learning about the sciences behind it because is required. Bushcraft skills require a knowledge of sciences. You can't light a fire unless you have an understanding of the requirements for fire, um, how ignition works, um, sizing the size of fuel. I mean, Rupert Locke, who I had an interview with a while back, he's fantastic with this. He's brought science alive through bushcraft, and it's it's really valuable. But the deeper you go, the more you can access these skills, and the more you can engage those older children, the ones that are kind of just, especially the teenagers. I had a teenager in a recent session. He was really in a session where he was far too old for the rest of the group, and... I didn't know that he was going to be that old when he booked and it was just straight out, okay, yeah, you're, you're five years older than anyone else here. It's probably not the best thing for you. And he was, I'm going to say, bored and disengaged because I hadn't, first of all, I hadn't planned it for him to be there. Secondly, the children were, were dealing with a completely, working at a completely different level. To engage him, what did I do? I brought out the knives, brought out the whittling tools, and we started working. He ended up leaving with a whole butter knife, everything else. I was engaged for that. But yes, if you want to engage the older children, you're going to have to level up your skills. You're going to have to provide more practical skills in my mind. There's still value, still value in the crafts, still value in the play, and I think all people all through the ages every age range should play some i know as adults we we get distracted from it and we we think it we're too busy for it but it's really vitally important but this 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 angle where we bring bushcraft skills in alongside is fantastic for bringing um more into their lives and encouraging more children to engage with the sessions so yeah that's that's number one that's probably the biggest reason why you should bring bushcraft into forest school bushcraft skills working with bushcraft skills 
is to add that depth and breadth and level of engagement. Number two is confidence. You may only be working with little ones. You may do a little bit of firelighting here and there, but having that confidence that you know you can, you are several steps ahead of the children. If you know how to light a fire using a flint and steel, you're totally okay with fire steel. You know what you do. You know how to help them. You know how, what the best way is. You know what the limitations of fire are. You know the limitations of materials. The more you learn, the more confidence you gain in yourself and in your abilities. The more you learn, if you if you don't really know your trees, and then you get asked by a child, "What's this?" and you have to kind of bring in that whole okay let's go learn together that's a good way of dealing with but you're going to feel that inside you're going to go I feel like I, I should know this and by then going be able to be able to go oh I know what that tree is and you go oh it's the birch tree we can use the birch bark for fire lighting shall we have a go at that together and suddenly you've going back to the previous point extended their learning but you also feel confident in yourself so confidence with lighting fires other bit that a lot of forest school leaders won't do very much knife and tool work because I think they lack the confidence to then to be able to work safely there they haven't done enough of it themselves to go okay, I know what I'm doing several steps ahead so I can bring it back down and I can meet them at their level and work with them. And that's, that's what we're really looking for, is looking for that, that depth of knowledge in the practitioner, the confidence that that brings. The confidence, even if you're not, even if it doesn't apply directly to working with the children. Say you have a limited time, out there and you you only have a bit of time to set up and you've got it's raining today and you want to get a tarpaulin up if you know you're not if you're confident and able with those bushcraft skills to be able to put up a shelter quickly and efficiently then the rest of it goes so much better because you've got that confidence you know what you're doing you know what needs to happen with the tarp and you can get it done and then you can have a dry space for the children and a dry space for yourself and you can then go on with the session. That, having that ability builds, builds massive amounts of confidence. That's a really big one. Do take on bushcraft skills for yourself. Bushcraft has is amazing for building mental health, positive mental health, good confidence and resilience. And we recognize that because we're, we're working with children. We know that all of this builds. And yet at the same time, we're also not willing to take some time for ourselves to extend us, to extend our knowledge, to challenge ourselves, to engage with something at a deeper level, to learn more. We need to take time for ourselves and learn more so that we can come and bring it back to the children. We don't want to be that... That person that 
that doesn't have five years experience but only has one year's experience repeated five times. We want to be able to offer something new and exciting to keep our lives interesting and exciting. So use it to build confidence through bushcraft skills. Third reason why I think bushcraft skills are so valuable for forest school leaders, scout leaders, whatever it is, woodland leaders alike, is I think it's it creates this describe a reduced reliance on the unsustainable trappings of modern life. That's a complicated way of saying it. I'll try, I'll try and break it down. So when we, as I was talking about earlier, when we learn how to make natural cordage, suddenly we have an option that doesn't involve man-made acrylic wools. They are full of plastics that, if left in the environment, will persist for many hundreds of years. We instead have something that's biodegradable, that's useful, and that draws us back to nature. If we are able to craft tent stakes out of wood, we again don't need to buy in these metal ones. If we can create our own resources and begin to use the outdoor stuff for crafts, so we don't need to bring in felt tips and so on, if we can then use certain berries and roots and leaves to achieve dyes or to make paints. We don't need to necessarily have a big plastic table out there if we can construct one out of some wood, out of branches that we've gathered. We can, and in this, we are being the good role model for the children that are working with us and for the people that are working with us. We're going, okay, there is actually a better way, the better way that connects us back to places where we are and the environment the direct natural environment is ways to use it positively to benefit everyone and it reduces our reliance we we stop thinking i think once once you deepen into this bushcraft mindset because at its core if if you go on a bushcraft course they will basically try and on a good bushcraft course they will try and strip away all of the things that you're bringing in like Moz Kahansky said the more you know the less you carry so one of the most quoted <laughs> bushcraft sayings out there and in a way it is true and that's that's what a good course a good practitioner would end up doing is, is seeing what can be stripped away what can be stripped away what can what sort of simplicity can we create? Do we need to bring a tripod with us? Or can we make one out of hazel rods? Do we need a grill or can we use green sticks? Do we need a shelter or can we make our own? Do we need to have X or can we make it out of Y? This, this brings you into this mindset of using the natural resources, going, okay, how can I? And we stop thinking in terms of paper and poster paints 
and we start thinking in terms of leaves and branches and mud and clay and all the things we can find on our site and natural resources and you start getting your eye in and you start noticing that, that pile of stumps that you've just passed and you pick up a couple of those so you don't have to take out the plastic chairs anymore you see the seed heads and you go cool that means I won't need cotton wool it's all about kind of building that knowledge of the environment and then putting it into practice and I think it, we come out better and more sustainable for doing that and these, this is a big big question, big problem of our times is the, the environmental issues out there and I think we can do our by bringing and learning these bushcraft skills we can actually be a force for good and and begin to spiderweb about those those interactions so we have so we're the center and then the actions that we take can go in any direction you never know whose mind you've affected whose who you've inspired what sort of seed you've planted you don't know until later on and you might never know but you do affect people in your life and now I have to think about well okay I have a responsibility if I'm affecting people I have a responsibility to them if I'm if, if I'm changing their mind on something if I'm put sending them in a certain direction I need to know I'm, I'm sending them in the right direction is it towards a consumerist society or is it towards a more natural sustainable society yeah, that's something worth thinking about so there we go top three reasons why bushcraft skills are essential for forest in my opinion essential for forest school leaders it's the depth and breadth of learning it's the confidence it gives you as the inherent sustainability that it creates and the big thing to remember is that bushcraft isn't just for middle-aged men having a beer in the woods. Bushcraft is a different way of interacting with our landscape. As for everyone, and there are more and more resources out there for you if you want to learn bushcraft skills. Humbly, one of them is my YouTube channel. I, I break down skills simply something you'd like to learn and it's not on there let me know and i'll put it on there there's organizations like the institute of outdoor learnings bushcraft professional practice group which is a mouthful iol bushcraft ppg have a search for that brilliant facebook group on the fantastic professional people many of whom are both bushcraft instructors and forest school leaders and they they're bringing the two together and they're bringing their skill set like forest school leaders, fantastic at teaching and linking learning and learning theories and everything else. Bushcraft instructors, bushcraft and outdoor leaders, amazing at all the practical skills, learning to make the most of your environment. If we can bring those two skill sets together, I think we have something amazing. So there's organizations like that. There's other people out there for like scouts, there's bush scouts. There's, there's people and resources now and it's easier to get into than it has been before and more inclusive, I think. 
So if you really want to get into bushcraft skills, reach reach out to one of these communities. Reach out to me if you if you'd like, if you think I could help. And and just or just grab a book. There's there's some excellent books. I mean the latest one I got recently got John Ryder's Woodcraft Guide to Using Trees for Woodcraft and Bushcraft. Fantastic little book. It'll introduce you to other concepts that you wouldn't normally do. Have a page through something like um, Ray Mears Outdoor Survival Handbook. That's a really handy one. So you can you can just pick and choose. You can just go, okay, that sounds quite good. This one in particular is broken down. The Ray Mears book is broken down into seasons. So you go, okay, what's what season is it now? And what what can we do? There's plenty of options out there. So dive in, see what you can learn, do it for yourself as well as for the learners. With that, I'm going to wrap it all up and thank you for, for listening. I mean, I really do appreciate each and every one of you who listens to these episodes. If you have any feedback for me, let me know at info at brackenoutdoors.com or if it's on YouTube, drop a comment down below. And with that, I'll say, make remember, make the most of every day, of every day, and I will see you next time. Over and out.